like my famous question in my heart. All right, last week we talked about five things to live by. Um, last week we talked on prayer and the five things that we're going to be talking about for the next four more weeks is going to be pray, live, tell, serve, and give. So tonight we're going to be talking about live. Um, so let's read Romans 13, 11 through 14. You got your Bibles tonight. Romans 13, 11 through 14. Right. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies with drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in decision, decision, not decision, but dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So that. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about wake up and worship. Can anybody tell me what this box-looking thing is right here? Clock. An alarm clock, that's right. So, it says, this is actually my alarm clock. I don't know if y'all can hear that noise. It's like a... You hear it? It's the beep, 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 beep. Okay? And usually that's what I do in the morning. I slap it. Because I don't know about you, but I do not like to get out of bed. You know, it's just one of those things. The alarm clock keeps on going beep, 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 beep. And I'm tired. And I don't really want to get out of bed. You know, it usually takes me a good... Rachel really gets mad because she's like, once the alarm clock goes off, you just need to get out of bed. It's been an adjustment since we've been married um, for her to hear the alarm clock because whenever it goes off, it wakes her up, but it doesn't really wake me up. So I sort of just wake up for a split second, and I have it on my dresser away from the bed, so maybe I'll crawl out of bed, and I hit the famous, what? The snooze button, that's right. You know, tonight, I want to talk on wake up and worship. Make sure this thing's off, I don't need to be going off all night. But, um, you know what, that's what God wants us to do tonight. He wants us to wake up and worship. You, you know, I even know some people that set their alarm clocks like 10 or 20 minutes ahead of schedule, so that way they get to where they need to be on time. I'm sort of one of those people that, you know, I know that, you know, I usually set my alarm clock for 6 o'clock, but I'm really going to get out of bed at 6.30, so then I have, have that little cushion of 
of time. Um, but the passage of Scripture says that God wants us to quit hitting the snooze alarm clock. The, the, the passage says, wake up, and you may be saying, why? And it's because at any moment, Christ could return. So, you know, and I, it, I, I don't really think about life like this usually, but a few years back, I, was, I just moved out of the house, and I lived with my mom and dad, or my mom and stepdad for until I was 22, 21, maybe, 21. And I finally moved out of the house, and I was on my own. Um, some people went over and did some mission work, and I got the house to them for free, so it was really cool. I had my own place, didn't have to pay anything for it, so that was cool. Um, I don't like doing housework, so it's sort of messy, but it was a bachelor pad, you know? It was my first little home, you know? I didn't really cook much, went home to eat a lot, but the thing was, I was away from everything I knew, and I didn't, I fell asleep like at 10 o'clock the night before, and I got a phone call, okay, and I had to keep the phone because they, that was part of the deal, I had to keep their phone number while they were gone, I got a phone call. And the phone call, I didn't ever hear it until I woke up that morning, and I checked my messages, and it said, your grandma and grandpa have died in a car wreck. Okay, this is not a joke. This is for real. Um, my grandma and grandpa passed away probably five or six years ago. Um, well, it's been about, oh, four years ago. Well, four, five, six, whatever. Anyways. Four years ago, as I get fingers in the back from Rachel. Um, but they died suddenly. We, it was raining like it was today, and, and they were going on a back road, and they were on a low water bridge, and the low water bridge had standing water, and they got swept off the bridge. And you may be saying, well, why are, y'all, why are you telling me that short? Life is just that short. Life is just that quick. You know, and God is telling us, you know what? Wake up. Wake up out of your slumber and live the life that I've called you to live. Um, The first thing that we have to do to wake up and worship is to decide. We have to decide. And you may be saying, okay, well, how, how do I decide? You know, how do I make a decision to live for God every day, every breath I take, you know, I think there's a song, every breath I take, oh, that's a, I would have been with you, I don't remember, but anyway, that's a whole nother song, whole nother sermon, but, um, let's look at verse 12, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The, the scripture clearly says the night is nearly over. Okay? And how many of y'all go to bed in the clothes that you're going to wear for school the next day? Anybody in the room do that? Come on, let's be honest. 
You know, some of you are homeschooled. Some of you can get away with that. But, you know, usually when you go to bed, you wear PJs, or better known as pajamas, or some of you, if you're guys, you just may wear boxers or whatever. That's just gross to think about. But, you know, I mean, there's certain... When you go to bed, you don't dress in your best outfit to go to bed, do you? That seems silly, you know? You, you, don't, you don't dress in your, your prom dress or the, the latest, the latest back-to-school fashion, you know? Or, you know, how many of you ladies wear your makeup to bed? You know, most people, most ladies take off their makeup and all that before they um, go to bed. Well, I want to talk to you tonight about what we put on in the morning whenever we wake up to put on Christ. And it's called the armor of God. See, in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. See, I can elaborate. I mean, the whole armor of God could be like a seven-part series. You know, it could just go on and on and on and on and on, and on forever. That, that was a long verse. I had to get a drink. But um, the thing is, the thing that I want to pull out of that is to be alert. See, we put on the armor of God to be alert. We put on Christ every morning reminding ourselves we make a conscious decision to put on Christ so we can live Christ because in our school or wherever we go that's what people see they see the Christ that lives inside of you and if you don't put on the if you don't put on the armor if you don't put on Christ every day if you don't make that decision every day then you know what they're going to see the world so the first thing that we have to do is we have to make a decision every morning to put on Christ. The second thing that we have to do is we have to discipline. Y'all are thinking, oh great, now we're going to be talking. Discipline, discipline, discipline. You know, you're thinking, time out. You know, some of you, I don't know, some parents still spank, so you might be getting a spanking whenever you get home and whatever. No, I'm not talking that kind of discipline. This discipline is, is the second thing that we're going to talk about. And 
It is a decision to do something over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes repetitious in your life. See, the thing we must come to grips with is that Christ does not just want believers, he wants disciples. See, the word discipline is almost parallel with disciples. You know, um, believers say that they agree that Christ is Lord of all. Disciples say that Jesus is the Lord of their life and commit to live a life of discipline pleasing Him. Let me say that again. Believers say that they agree that Christ is Lord of all. Disciples say that Jesus is Lord of their life and commit to live a life of discipline pleasing Him. See in verse 13 it says, Let us behave decently as in the daytime. See, you can see a parallel in the, in the passage. Light, daytime, light, daytime. Um, so we have to... Just like we, we talked about, you know, we don't wear our best clothes to bed in, in the nighttime. You know, we don't, we don't put on our best clothes to go to bed in. You know, we clothe ourselves in something good and something real, which is Christ, in the morning. And we have to live with the understanding that the Holy Spirit is in you, and He knows everything you do because He's in you, and, and as you do it. He knows everything you do as you do it. See, don't get caught up in the in the lie that darkness is better than light. You know, have you all ever seen the movies where, you know, evil tries to prevail over light, but light always wins, like in Star Wars or, or other good versus evil kind of shows? Um, you know, usually the light always wins. You know, and we know that the light always wins. Um... Have y'all ever heard of the saying, have, maybe y'all seen this commercial, I don't know. But have y'all, y'all seen the Las Vegas commercial? Any of the Las Vegas commercials? Maybe a little old, but, you know, what happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas, right? You know, what happens in Vegas, you know, go sin, go do whatever you want, go cheat on your wife, go get drunk. You know, just be happy. You know, go gamble all your money away. Because, you know, after all, what happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. Well, I just want to tell you tonight that that's not true. That's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You know, because with every action that you do, you know, I, I sort of parallel this with getting up in the morning and brushing my teeth. That is a good action for me to do for all of you so you don't smell my stinky breath. But for every action that you do, good or bad, there is a consequence. There's a consequence for for our actions. Um, You know, you might be saying, okay, Pastor John, just a little glance at that person's piece of paper when I'm taking a test that will be okay. Because after all, you know, I just need that one answer to make that A, and I just forgot to study that one little section of the whatever. Well, no, that's cheating. 
And you know what? Before long, you know, I realized this in my life. I cheated my way through Spanish. And it became apparent, I'm being honest, honest, be honest, be honest, I cheated through Spanish. Yes, I did. Whoever's listening on the podcast. Um, but what was apparent is I didn't know how to translate. So what did I have to continue to do? I had to continue to cheat and cheat and cheat. And, you know, and that wasn't cool. Secondly, you know, you may be thinking, well, I can just take one sip of that beer. Just one sip. No big deal. No, no big deal. Just like Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Red Bull. You know, until you're addicted to that drink. Until you're addicted or one puff on that cigarette. Until you're addicted to that nicotine. If you smoke, it's really gross and you really smell if you smoke. But that's a whole other sermon. Uh, or you know what? Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Just one little kiss. Oh, my darling, just one little kiss. You know, it won't hurt anything. It's just one little peck on the lips. Yeah, it's one little peck until you go around second base and you, you went a little bit too far. You know? So, but... You know, we, we have to be disciplined. You know, the enemy wants to, 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 to sidetrack us. He wants to distract us by, by evil and by darkness and stuff that's not of the light. He, he wants to make us think like the little Las Vegas sign that it's all fun. It's all fun. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Nobody's going to know what you do. Nobody's going to know that you, you make out with your girlfriend on the back porch. You know, nobody's going to know that you took that one sip of beer. You know. But the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit, like I said before, it lives inside of you and it knows. It knows. So, you know what? You have to be disciplined you have to decide. You have to make a conscious choice every day, sometimes every minute. I mean, I've dealt with some addictions and some things in my my life that, you know, honestly, consciously, every minute, every hour, I have to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Because if I don't, then I'm going to do something that's going to have a consequence. It's going to affect my wife. It's going to affect my child. It's going to affect this youth group, this ministry, this church. You, know, you may be thinking, oh, well, it's not really going to affect anyone, but it does. You know, darkness looks fun. But you know what? The sun comes up in the morning. I don't know if y'all have ever been to a party city or anything like that. I went to New Orleans street witnessing one time. And at night, lights are everywhere. It looks very glimmerous and and glammy and very fun. But once the light comes up, it's just like a, a pit. It's just gross. It's nasty. The sidewalks are all covered with cups and trash. and just, It's just gross. But you know what?
know what? That's sort of the way Satan wants to, to, to flash those neon, neon lights and say, come on, come do this stuff because it's so cool. You know? But we have to be disciplined. First, we have to make a decision. Second, we have to be disciplined. Okay? Thirdly, we have to dwell. You know, you might be saying, all this stuff seems impossible. You know, in verse 13, well, that's actually in Romans 13, verse 14. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to glorify the desires of sinful nature. You know, we have to dwell. Dwell is basically thinking on other things other than sinful things. Listen to these scriptures. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is His good and pleasing and perfect will. How do we conform to Christ? You know, how, how do we conform? We, we conform by allowing God's word to renew our minds. See, Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Philippians is the book of joy. Here's the final secret of living a life full of joy. Think of these types of things. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we are bombarded constantly with media, with messages, with text messages, with with commercials, television, internet, Facebook, whatever. I mean, just all this, I mean, it's like the, I don't know, it's craziness to think about how we communicate and how we are all socially connected these days. You know, but the, the thing that I want you all to realize is that every message, everything that goes into your noggin or into your brain, you know, it's going to come out. You know, if you think of circumstances that have hurt you and you dwell on that, that, that boyfriend or that girlfriend that rejected you or that friend that rejected you, you know, you're going to let, you just continually think about how that person treated you and that, that guy who cheated on me, that dirt bag, and, and, you know, or that girl, she cheated on me, and, and, you know, and no doubt those are big things in your life, but if you continue to dwell on that, and you dwell on it, and you dwell on it, what's going to happen is you're going to get bitter. You know, you're going to get mad. 
You're going to have anger dwell up in you, and you're just going to want to go smack him in the face. I mean, you are. You're just going to want to just smack him. You know? Or you know what? You're going you're gonna to go hook up with some other fellow just to make the other person jealous. Ooh, you thought you were hot? Well, look at him. He's a, he's a hot man. I got a better man. You know? But you know what? But if but the thing is, you're just going to act out of your heart. You're going to act out of your 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 willingness to get back with this person. You know, we should be dwelling on godly things, on things of, of good things. You know, or you know, you 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 think about the opposite sex too much. You know, you think, oh, if I could just have Romeo, Romeo, or Juliet, Juliet, oh, I would just be in paradise. And they would make my life so happy. <laughs> you know, but you know you know what? You might get Romeo. You might get Juliet. And then you dwell on, oh, if I can just make out with them. Oh, if I can just lay my lips on their lips. It'll be so exciting. You know? And what happens is, again, you decide, okay, well, just one little peck. One little peck don't hurt anything. And then you're around second base. You know? Because you're not thinking on good things. You're not thinking on what God wants you to think on. You know, He wants you to dwell on Him. He wants you to dwell on good things. You know, in Philippians 4, it says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. You know, take every thought captive. Did it say some thought? You know, well, God, I'm going to only think about, about, you know, just a few bad thoughts of Romeo and Juliet. No, it says take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Because if you dwell on good things, and you know what? You won't be surprised. You're not going to get the scary things in your life. You know what? You're not going to act out on... on those desires that, oh, Romeo, oh, Romeo, or oh, Juliet, oh, Juliet. You know? You're not going to act out on that. See, we need to wake up and we need to worship. The first, the first way we do it is by... No, not by prayer. What's the first way... Yeah, we have to decide. We have to decide every day. Secondly, we have to be disciplined. Thirdly, we have to dwell. Okay? So my challenge for you this week is every day that you hop out of bed, you have to make a conscious decision to put on Christ, to put on the armor. Okay? Secondly, if you do that, you know, you 
can't decide, okay, I'm going to put on the armor, and then, oh, well, oh, Romeo's coming by, so I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to take off the armor. You know, I'm going to leave Christ somewhere else. No, it doesn't work that way. So secondly, you have to be disciplined to keep it going, keep Christ with you the whole time, you know. When he's on the back porch with you and other places that you don't think he's with you, because he is. Because, you know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit resides in you. So, first challenge is wake up, decide, okay, I'm going to put on Christ today. Second challenge is be disciplined to keep Christ on all day. And thirdly, I want you to think, dwell on good things. You know what? Don't dwell on, oh, broke my heart, or oh, my mom just told me no for the 500th time that I can't have my cell phone back, or anything like that, you know, dwell on good things. Alright, I'm just going to pray for you tonight, that God will help you with this. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for every teenager that's in this room. God, I pray right now that God, that even me, Lord, that I would put on you every day, God, as I go out into this world, as I impact people for your kingdom, Lord. Help me just to, to put you on, Lord. Help me to decide first thing in the morning to put you on, Lord. God, secondly, God, help me to be disciplined. God, help me not to, to, to take you off whenever I get, get mad or angry or something doesn't go my way. But God, help me to keep you on all day long. And thirdly, Lord, God, help me to think your thoughts. Help me to dwell on your thoughts. God, for every teenager, God, help them to be disciplined, keep you on, and God, help them to think on your thoughts. God, we thank you that we, we can live a life of worship tonight, God, that we can live a life that it's not just about worshiping God and in youth group, but it's about worshiping God every day, every second of our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, stick around for theater.